0: Yo, yo, Alpha Rhythm here with a very special episode of the Alpha Rhythm and Friends podcast. Resilient burst onto the drum and bass scene earlier in 2021 with a single on Galaxy, followed by EPs on Celsius recordings, Focus, BC's Future Retro, and a number of other incredible labels. With so many great releases, it's easy to forget that he's been releasing music for less than a year now. And I'm so incredibly excited to get to share with you some of his story. So without further ado, I give you my chat with Christy Resilient. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Alpha Rhythm and Friends podcast. I'm Michael Gorman, a.k.a. Alpha Rhythm, and I am joined today by Christy, a.k.a. Resilient. Hey, how's it going, man?
1: I'm good. I'm going fine, man. <laughs> I'm going places. Um, yeah, thanks. It's um, it's really it's really nice um, to have this conversation right on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like awesome timing, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's really exciting to be. Um, I was just talking with someone at work about it the other day. I, I always look at the solstice as being kind of the start of something new, right? The days are getting longer, and there is an energy shift around the new year. And although things maybe aren't the be- the best right now um, with the whole COVID situation, uh, I think there is, I, I don't know, there's hope. There's an energy about it. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to 2022. So, it's, yeah, it's really cool that we're having this yeah. conversation I mean, you're only a few hours away from from uh, from it being 2022.
1: Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, it's like five and a half hours away. So uh, there's still some some time left. But yeah, I I actually love new beginnings. So uh, it's every New Year's. Uh, you know, it's kind of special. Uh, it's not that I celebrate in a special way, but I you know I enjoy the the air on the on january 1st every year and yeah i'd say that there's hope for something better next year
0: so no big plans for new year's eve i guess because you're here with me (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i'd say this is like the highlight
1: so it's pretty it's pretty awesome i i didn't have any other plans and if we didn't do this i probably didn't have any because of you know the COVID situation and stuff but um I'd say this is one of the nicest ones yet.
0: Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I hate to, I almost hate to start the podcast this way, because this is the way I started it last month with, with uh, Subliminal. But what's the situation like in Romania? I know when I talked to Alex last month, he said the numbers were coming back down, but man, I mean, we're setting records here and the UK is setting records. I, I, I mean, just out of these world numbers, uh, which supposedly the hospitalizations are relatively low, um, because Omicron isn't, I guess, as severe, but are
1: the numbers pretty high there? Uh, They're picking up. Uh, It used to be like a dip uh, right before the holidays. uh, But they're picking up now and uh, it's estimated to grow like pretty uh, to pretty large numbers uh, over the next weeks. It usually happens uh, after the holidays, you know, when you have the Easter, when you have the Christmas. It, it, that's how it happened in the past, and um, I'm guessing that's how it's going to pan out, right, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I, uh...
1: Hopefully, I hope it's it's it does it doesn't get to have high numbers of hospitalizations because the sanitary system over here is like rubbish, and it's almost to full capacity. So i don't know if uh, yeah hopefully it's uh omicron is going to be kind to us
0: <laughs> yeah i i you know it's tough as a dj i don't know how you feel but like i want to play these events and i'm doing a, a live stream tonight for juice out of uh portland oregon which is wonderful to be able to do these these live streams and obviously you and i have both done live streams and and we've been able to do these during covid which has been a truly a blessing But at the same time, like, I don't want to go play a live event if it's going to put people at risk, right? Uh, But I'm super torn because at the same time, I want to play my music live. So I don't know, uh, you know, how you feel about it. But that's – it is a kind of a – I don't know if conflict of interest is the right word. But it's tough because – you want to be with your friends and play your music, right? Um, but you got to do some shows this past summer, didn't you?
1: Uh I got to do it, yeah. I I really had some some shows, but it was right in the, you know, in a kind of dip. Um, like Delta wasn't even um very big here in Romania. Um but uh yeah, I, I get what you're feeling. And uh I, I kind of feel the same. And it's a fine, it's a fine line between um Wanting to go back to clubs and to festivals, and at the same time trying to think of a way to uh, protect people, maybe uh, because you know if if I get to throw a party uh, right now somewhere, I'm sure people will come. So it's pretty easy to you know um, it's it's pretty easy to get people involved, but at the same time you have to be a bit responsible because you're kind of leading um, some ideas. And you don't want, you basically don't want to put people at risk, people that may not uh, think much of, you know, the whole pandemic. Because I remember, like a few years ago, I think I was pretty ignorant of some some events happening around this, especially if they weren't touching, you know, my bubble. Um, but nowadays I've become more and more interested in stuff like this, and uh, it shows. You know, it's I, I think I've become a little more responsible than I used to be, Um, but I'm pretty sure that uh, younger people um, are like I was a few years ago, and um, they might not, you know, you need to have these kind of rules and these kind of restrictions, hopefully not for long. I mean, how how long can we go without uh, events like this? Because, yeah, I I love, you know, going to a concert, going to um, a club or something, but at these times, I can't even grasp my the idea of going back into a club. You know, it's kind of it's it's still weird. Maybe if it was outside it's a bit, you know, okay. But going into a backed club, it's still I'm not sure about it.
0: It is tricky, I think, with the kind of music you produce though, and and that I produce because I don't really produce festival bangers and, and I don't mean this as a slight or anything, but you know, neither do you or, or really anyone on like focus where we are this underground sound that fits in the club and just hits so hard in the club because it's so, you know, a lot of festival music is more mids and highs. It's more, yeah. you know, that's why you see like artists like Skrillex and, and whatever, you know, succeeding in, on these larger scales because it is big kind of crowd pleasing, loud music right and yeah. it, it excels in these festival settings but i was just talking to someone about this the other day he's like oh man you should just start doing more festivals right because i like dark clubs that are like literally underground and hold like 200 300 people right and just have just a wall of subwoofers and it's just like bah! i mean it's just great like that's what i live for and 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 you know it it, you don't get the same thing at a festival and granted there are some big festivals that have wonderful sound systems but for me just it isn't the same environment it isn't the same atmosphere but he said well you better
1: get used to doing festivals (laughs) uh, because yeah who knows yeah who knows over the next uh, few years what will become the standard you know maybe daylight parties stuff like that who knows which is awesome for us to be honest because uh, you know our music the soulful kind uh, goes very well with this, you know, even at festivals, like I mentioned festival, but I'm not mentioning like the main stages. I'm mentioning, you know, the smaller stages uh, where you get more underground, more soulful. And, you know, usually they're more packed, more sound sound systems are usually good where at the festival is where I go. Obviously not all of them uh, have the, you know, the money to get nice um, nice sound systems for each stage. <clears throat> but, you know, the bigger ones uh, usually make a very big effort to have um, good sound, decent sound systems. Yeah. Like I remember a couple of years ago, uh, before the pandemic hit, uh, we were having uh, void systems at almost all stages, I think, and electric gas, and they were like seven or eight stages. So that's, that's pretty nice.
0: Yeah, I think that Europe – so uh, my – perspective is so skewed too right because i'm in the united states and we don't give the care and attention maybe that i think that festivals deserve um to you know a kind of edm whatever kind of festival although i hate using that term but you know i've never been to sun and base or hospitality on the beach despite my best efforts <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, you know i went to croatia but uh you know i i I'm sure that and I've been told by so many people in Europe like yourself that, hey, man, like you don't know really what a what a festival is like, because I, I guess I just have this stigma in my mind. And, and you know, festivals over here are really dirty. Um, they maybe, you know, they yeah. they just they kind of get a bad rap over here. Some people love them. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of a lot of negative stigma around festivals here in the United States. Um And I, I, the way I understand it is European festivals are a lot different, but at the same time, I've also seen, excuse me, I've also seen pictures of some of the, the aftermath of some of the European festivals and from an environmental standpoint, like these festivals are, some of them are literally killing our planet. Um, Yeah,
1: some of them, yeah.
0: Which, you know, that's a whole nother topic, but you know, I wish people would be a little more responsible responsible um at these these giant festivals i don't know about drum and bass festivals but i'm speaking to the really big uh festivals but we don't have drum and bass festivals here in the united states we only have these you know burning man and stuff like that yeah you might find a couple drum and bass artists at these festivals um but we you know we don't have any exclusive you know d&b parties here really um
1: so yeah yeah that's that's a shame yeah Drum and bass is not that popular, I guess, in, in the U.S. So maybe there's not a huge amount of people uh, consuming the genre. So maybe that's why.
0: Right. You are. It is funny, though. Uh, I saw someone posting about this the other day. Like Drum and bass isn't big here. Uh, but when someone is who isn't a drum and bass DJ plays drum and bass like it always goes off like it's just like whoa what is this whoa like this is crazy awesome music you know but then like someone throws a drum and bass party and no one shows up but like yeah square legs drops like a drum and bass tune in this set and everyone's just like this is the best whoa you know and (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah this is what we've been telling you for you know the past 10 years is or 20 years but anyway yeah i totally get
1: it yeah it is um, i remember i remember like uh maybe Ten years ago, I used to go to this club over here, uh, which is pretty nice for electronic music, especially you know. It, it, I think it, we we caught the you know the dubstep wave back then, mm. and uh, they were playing like dubstep nonstop. We would go there, and the whole night would be dubstep. Uh, it was nice, don't get me wrong. Uh, until you know, we all got tired kind of it kind of this genre, um, but. Uh, you know, every now and then, you know, you, you would end the evening with uh, the night with drum and bass. And, oh man, it, like you are saying, it went off. Like, whenever you switch to drum and bass, it's something else. It's like the vibe, the energy, it's something else.
0: I think there is something to be said about having contrast, though. I, I'm glad you brought this up because, like, when you have drum and bass acts all night, and you're stuck at like 174 all night, it doesn't quite have the same impact as if you start out the night maybe with a house DJ or with a breaks techno dubstep DJ. I think having multiple genres on a ticket can be very beneficial. Uh, So I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of both minds that, yeah, I love drum and bass nights, but... Having a dubstep opener or even a dubstep DJ in the middle somewhere, I don't think is is a terrible idea, and and I still love deep dubstep. Um, I
1: don't yeah. know if you
0: know. Uh, I think uh, it's pronounced filet. Uh, he just released another album, and and he does this kind of deep melodic dubstep. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot of good artists out there that are still doing really really deep kind of soulful dubstep, right? Um, yeah, obviously yeah, there's there's old dmz like digital mystics like there's the the roots of dubstep are so so vibey like yeah it got commercial but but there is
1: um yeah the 140 the 140 genre i think is still uh, very nice and it's always been um also breaks i wish like people would pay more attention to breakbeat um it's something uh, also um, that gets like very small attention. But when you get the, the DJ that plays uh, break bits, uh, like it has a break bit set, it's mm-hmm. insane. Um, so yeah, I, I wish this genre, these genres would be more popular. But you know, you can't have them all, like people mostly consume the popular music. So if you're not pushing that music constantly to people's ears, uh, it's very slim chance that someone will come just for a specific genre right. of music.
0: It, yeah it, it's it is interesting that you mentioned breaks because like that breakbeat stuff it's it is really like slowed down drum and bass almost too yeah. you know uh of course yeah and, and you hear some artists that do both like obviously noise yeah. they started out doing more more stuff at, at that tempo and they continued to do it but by the end they were pretty much i think just doing you know one seven four but yeah. uh it's kind of interesting that i that we were talking about this, one of the questions that we got in from uh, one of my patrons, uh, he asked uh, if we could easily explain the difference between dubstep and drum and bass. Uh, he said there seems to be a lot of overlap, but what is what are the main differences? Uh, which is interesting, you know. To me, it's it, it is like oh well, obviously, like dubstep is this and drum and bass is this, but but he said you know he's a relatively uh, he's a relative novice in the drum and bass world, and he doesn't understand the difference. So,
1: uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm the one to you know point out the differences between them. I think you would be. It would be more interesting to point out the resemblances, which is the heavy basses um, and you know heavy hitting drums and stuff like that. But I guess you know drum and bass, um, it's more diverse. Um, and it has time to do it has had time to to become such so diverse especially you know even if you take liquid drawing base for example, it's so there's so many kinds of liquid drawing base uh, it could go on and on um, and yeah I think you know and it's it's a bit older in like the culture. Um, and many people have this opinion I think I share this opinion that drawing base is more, since the culture is, is older and it's been constructed on uh, very nice you know elements uh, that been kept over the years uh, it's kind of hard for it to fade away even if you get some sometimes you get more interest sometimes uh, less interest uh, but i'm seeing that you know drawing base as a, as a pole genre is it's kind of reinventing itself every every few years uh, some people like it, some people don't like it, but you can't argue with the fact that it's so diverse. Uh, and it's faster, and it's almost tuned to your you know, heart when you danced over it. And it's, I don't know, it's something else. I like that step as well, but not like drum and bass.
0: I mean, the main difference that I can think of, obviously, is the tempo, right? Uh, dubstep is 140 beats per minute, and drum and bass tends to be... 172 or 174 granted <clears throat> there's you know i know bop always produces at 170 you know there's people it, it used to be in the 160s right yeah. when when yeah. it first got started jungle drum and bass because they were using the same breaks as breakbeat you know uh, uh, just sped up right yeah. and it's funny because uh, i don't know if you know this uh with a with a turntable if you have like a one thirty song playing at thirty three RPMs, and you hit the forty five button, it changes to the drum and bass tempo. You know, yeah. So yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm, I don't know if that's how exactly how it got started, but if yeah, if you take a song <laughs> that is originally a breakbeat tune and is you know, around 130 beats per minute, and it's rotating ra- rotating at 33 RPMs, and you just hit the 45 button on a... You know, I just discovered that one day. I think it was yeah. a noisya vinyl. It was one of their early, early, early <laughs> songs. And I hit 45, and all of a sudden, it was like 174 beats per minute. I was like, oh my gosh, it's drum and bass now. Yeah,
1: yeah it, um, it happened to me the other way. Like, I, I bought this uh, comics vinyl, and I put it on, and it was a 45 RPM. And I had it set to thirty-three. Mm. It was like it was "Be True." Actually, like the first song was "Be True," mm. and uh, I I started playing, and I was like, "What the hell is this? It's not it's not what I remember." Oh man! And I listened to like like half a song, and I was this is so cool. Who, who did this? Is this a remix? What what is this? And then <laughs> I just flipped the switch, and I was like, ah, "Stupid me!" But it was so cool. The sound is so cool. You know when you take it down, so. The other way works pretty nice as well for that.
0: Uh, That's funny. I, I wanna say the I think the song is uh I forget what the name of the song. It's on uh it's on Bop's second album. And it's a one thirty track and it's uh like house kind of track. It's like just kick snare, kick snare, kick snare, kick snare. And uh I had the the EP is supposed to play at thirty three and I had it playing at you know 45 so it became like drum and bass tempo so it was almost like a hardcore track right yeah, yeah. and I was as I was like <laughs> I could mix this with drum and bass you know <laughs> it, it, granted it gets pitched way up because you're playing it way faster um yeah I forget the name of the track uh but anyway yeah it, it's it again the vinyls intended to be played at at 33 and i had it playing at 45 and i didn't realize it at first it was the same thing i was like oh man bop did like a happy hardcore track <laughs> like <laughs> you know right cuz it was the the four to the floor and except it was 170 beats per minute um so but anyway getting back to the question uh you know the, the biggest difference is the just the tempo and then you could yeah. talk about beat structure too like the 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 beat structure of drum and bass is instead of you know yeah, right. It's the two step. Right, 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 right. You have that second kick that is delayed. You have the syncopation and the kick and the snare. Um, yeah. I can't really I. I I've i never constructed a dubstep beat, so I've never thought of it on that level. <laughs> um, but yeah, with drum and bass, you know, you have that kick snare, the second snare, it's kick, snare, kick snare. Um, and that's really the basis of of, well... We could get into the amen break and everything, but that's the basis of of hip hop, of drum and bass, of breaks, of so many things. Um, you know, in in dub steps, their their beats are are patterned a little bit differently. So, but yeah, yeah, since, the biggest... it's,
1: yeah, since it's lower tempo, you can just get more creative with uh, with the uh, drum pattern, right? Uh, like cram more kicks in it. Maybe uh, sometimes it's like uh, four to the floor. It really depends. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, again, commercialized dubstep is this kind of like milk toast, just really homogenized thing that's kind of boring to me. But like, man, there's artists like Rezo, and, and and there's artists that that do dubstep, and I'm just like, wow. Like like you said, because it slowed down the drum patterns and everything, people get and same with drum and bass. There's some you know Rockwell and stuff people that get really crazy with their drum patterns, but but dubstep. When it's done right, it is extremely good. And I, and I guess you could say that for any genre, but uh, yeah. it gets a bad rap amongst some D&B fans, but oh, man, good dubstep. Like the Alex Perez EP uh, from, what, 2020? Like, I mean, it's just mind-blowing. Um, yeah, it, it's really cool. And I love when people and drum and bass do dubstep, like Alex Perez. yeah. Uh, because they do it yeah. so well
1: well you know in the end good music is good music so it really doesn't matter the genre that's as long as it's the good kind of music and it's not something you know just pushed out there just have more music out or i don't know you can you can spot good nicely produced music
0: yeah yeah, I think that, uh, you know, they, yeah, the same could be sh- said for any any genre, even like Deep House and these highly commercialized yeah. genres, techno, like there's, I've listened to many, many a techno set in, in my lifetime, even trance, you know, some people just yeah. hate on trance. I'm like, there is good trance. It may not yeah. be what you're hearing. But, you know, I, if you want, I'll send you some good trance because that's, I, I really cut my teeth Living in the United States, most people don't cut their teeth on drum and bass. They start somewhere else, right? And I did start with more one thirty, you know, one twenty eight, you know, that that area, that that BPM. But yeah, the biggest thing whenever I'm trying to explain electronic music genres to people, the biggest thing is beats per minute, right? Uh, I mean, we could talk beat structure, we could talk about all these other things, but the those are you know, those are the biggest differences is the, the number of beats per minute and just the way that the kick and the snare are kind of oriented. Um, and, yeah. uh Yeah, so, but that is interesting. You know, when I saw that question, I was like, again, it seems like common sense to me, but but maybe not to, to everyone. So I, I'm glad that they wrote in with that question. Um, yeah.
1: Well, since you mentioned trans, um, I'm also a huge trans fan, by the way. And I, I haven't listened to much trans lately, um, but um, like 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, I was listening to uh, Trans and Progressive, progressive trance, and Progressive House. Um, you know, there was uh, Anjuna Beats and uh, Armin's uh, ASOT, um, And I was listening to those like crazy. I was just listening mm-hmm. to Trans Progressive. And it was like I had this whole bunch of CDs and Whenever I went on a trip or something, just played like ten CDs or just spent time over just listening to you know that music, I really loved it. and I think my what I loved most about them is the fact that people could make such beautiful music and so simple or you know clean, very clean sound because it's obviously a big step, a big stage music. so it has to be clean and uh, uh, it sounded so nice and like the music so was so, and the productions were so well crafted. It's amazing. I still listen to them like right now. I have some tunes from two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and I'm still like I'm amazed of the you know the quality of that music. It's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I I'm probably the same era of trance that that I was into. Um, I'm not up to date on trance at all, but that that era of music like you said and it's like a very euphoric kind of music and it's just like hands in the air just like ah you know it's just and i kind of strive for that with my drum and bass too i always talk about you know tranquility uh, being my favorite song that i've produced and it is it's it's a pretty clean mix down and there's not a ton happening in that song and it is just this very just like close your eyes and just like float kind of thing um and, and my favorite kind of drum and bass tracks are pretty simple but like you know that uh, they just take you somewhere right and i think trance is good at that and it's just like it's almost like the song is going nowhere right it kind of keeps it's so circular just keeps looping back in on itself but it's just like you just get lost in it and it, it, it and and not to get too philosophical but that's my goal with music is to just like don't worry about the destination. Like, don't worry about you know where you came from or where you're going. Just, just it bringing you to the present, right? And, and and that is something that music achieves so well. Good music does, right? It just centers you, and you just kind of get lost in the moment. Um, yeah. And tra- I think yeah. trance is really good at that. And people could yeah. criticize it for the same reason, though. Oh, it's not. It's just you know, it's just so repetitive, kind of circular. Um, yeah. It, but you know, if you, if
1: you vibe with it, it's uh um, yeah. all that matters, right? And it's like the progressions on trance music. I like them; they're quite different than drum and bass. Uh, but you know, there's just enough to get you like, so you don't get bored with that tune. Mm-hmm. Because I I was having like I was I would download all these uh, like um, club mixes for the for the for the songs, and you know those are have those long intros, like maybe I don't know. Hundred something bars mm-hmm. of intro, and then hundred something bars at the end of outro for DJs to, you know, get up from whatever drunkenness, <laughs> drug fueled uh, <laughs> set they were playing to just properly line them up. Um, but um, you know, they, they still. I have some songs that like the the intros are still so nicely crafted, even though they're so simple and so few elements. I think that's the most difficult part, and that's what I strive now to get my uh, my music as, as simple as possible. But you know, that's very that's obviously very hard to do. Like I feel that if you add more elements and more, you can make it interesting. But if you can narrow it down to just the simple stuff, and that simple stuff has to be hundred percent awesome. You can't you know you can't put something just to be there. It, it has has have its purpose.
0: Yeah, all killer, no filler, kind of like you. It yeah. has to, everything exact, exactly yeah. what you just said. It has to have a purpose, it can't yeah. be in there just because, like, I don't know, something needs to be here, right? Like, it yeah. has to. Yeah. Uh, when you have very few elements, everyone is so crucial. Um, yeah. and again, that not to go off on a trance, start a trans podcast, but you know, <laughs> I, think, I, I think that good trance or even you know, you know, good minimalistic drum and bass. Um, yeah, some of the best songs in drum and bass are just, you know, I was listening to, uh, the Garden, uh, remix, the Caliber, uh, Teed Garden remix, and, and Caliber is the master of this, right? Like, he has very, very few elements. I'm just like, how the, is this song so good? Like, there's nothing happening. Like, there's just really, so, the, the progression is so subtle, and it's just like, you know, but it's just,
1: oh, so
0: good. Um, you know, there, there's
1: some tunes that have literally no progression, but if you get like the right sample and you have like the right kind of even a, an eight bar sequence, like you just repeat that eight bar sequence throughout the drop. And it's sometimes you never get tired of hearing because mm-hmm. it's so good. And some other times you need progression because, you know, people aren't going to listen to that tune. Maybe you can play in a club, like uh, a drop but uh, in order for people to actually listen to that you have to have progression and it has to have diversity. Nowadays people are expecting that's what i noticed like the, the tracks that i that i love most are those that have as little progression as possible. But i've had it so many times that some labels rejected my music because you know they haven't didn't have the, uh, much progression mm-hmm. too much progression and it's usually referring to you know having the second drop different than the first one. Mm, uh, right but you know, if the, if the if the song is good, you actually don't need it because you could get away with subtle differences. And most of my music has subtle differences in the second drop. It's not very different because I invest everything in, you know, the core idea and I play that core idea to the first drop. And it makes sense to me to have like the second drop be basically the same idea, but, you know, presented differently, mm. maybe have a slight diversity. But I think that people now nowadays expect, you know, have uh, you it can't, you know, I in my opinion, you can't work on a song so much that it's so different by the end by the end of it, it kind of loses the identity. You're not sure what you're doing there anymore, you know. That's that's my feeling.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of loving you, which obviously is like my favorite tune ever.
1: <laughs> but I <Thanks. laughs> the
0: progression in that is is subtle to none. Like that not to say there's there's no progression, but it's just there's not yeah I, especially the second drop there's not a ton different um but it is a song yeah. you can just
1: lose lose yourself in it's yeah that's that's what i'm saying if you're vibing with the with the tune it doesn't have to have any progression at all right i mean just slight stuff you know
0: and those are the best songs cuz like i can't tell you why i love that song yeah. you know it's yeah. just it's the, it's the, it's greater than the sum of its parts. It's the, the unnameable, the, it, it, you know, um, there's something to it, uh, you know, it, in Taoism, you know, they talk about the Tao that is named is no longer the Tao. Like once you name, it's the thing you can't point to. That's the Tao, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and, and it's the same thing. I mean, it is, but it is that same energy. It's, I, I, I do believe uh, again, not to get super philosophical, but I believe that music is so good at channeling that unnameable, unknowable thing, right? And you can't put your finger on it because it's so—it's beyond words. It's deeper yeah. than words. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I think of it as being like love, right? Uh, like we yeah. can channel, especially with Liquid Man, like we can, <laughs> No, I'm sounding like a hippie, with Liquid Man, but we can channel this kind of, th- this power that, it transcends any spoken word any language any any it's it's so much deeper than that and i think liquid drum and bass for me it speaks to me on that deep
1: spiritual level um yeah so this you know, is so. yeah the, the fact that you're still able to feel this way is very uh, it's it's awesome because you know we as producers tend to get lost in the details of mix downs and, you know, did I EQ that thing right or not? What was that break doing there? But um, before we were producers, we were just, you know, music lovers. And um, it's easier uh, to just like or dislike a song uh, based on how it makes you feel. You don't even get lost in those details unless you're another different music producer. You might notice the issues, um, but it has to make you vibe with it. And the the main thing, um, what I love about making music is I get to express myself and every song I make and every song I've released under my alias of Resilient um, has like, I feel that I have accomplished uh, the message that I needed to send for that particular song. Um, It wasn't just music made to release music, it was music that I felt I had to make. Uh, and I think that the execution creation-wise um, was kind of delivering that message. Now, on the mixdown side and technical side, I still have a lot of, to learn and a lot to uh, to fix to my uh, the way I package, you know, that idea and deliver it to people. But I think that creation-wise and the message that I wanted to send and the feeling that I wanted to uh, to send away, I nailed it. Now, I don't. I'm not sure if everyone got that message, you know, when you're listening to, to that to that song. I'm not sure if if you understand it, but the way I feel after you know listening, listening to it a, a few months maybe after release, I just go around and listen to my old music to, you know, just get a feel of uh what I was releasing back then. And I feel like that I delivered that message uh, as it should have. And that's pretty awesome. I think that's the main the main reason why I make music is that it allows me to express myself myself And also create something that I enjoy listening to afterwards. And that's something like, it's indescribable for me. It's, that's, that's as far as I can get of describing it. Yeah.
0: No, that's awesome. Because I know a lot of producers that say, like, they hate their own music. And especially stuff that's older, right? And I think it is because the two mindsets that you're talking about, it's like, oh the mix down could have been better or oh the bassline could have been stronger or whatever yeah. and it's just like for me man i don't know and, and to some people this might sound conceited but from the ashes is one of the first songs i ever wrote it's my first release and i hear it and i'm just like oh yeah there's some stuff that you know technically speaking if we're going to talk details yeah there's yeah. stuff i could have done better uh yeah. but like i think i did exactly what I set out to do, and I'm so happy with that song. And I'll continue to play that song in my sets. And my first yeah. EP, every track on it, I'm like, yes, I listened to, it, I listen back to it, and I'm just like, it's just, I, I, I feel like I accomplished what I, I set out to do with it, and I couldn't be happier with it. Um, and, and yeah, I have music coming out, and, and I'm really looking forward to sharing that with people. But my old stuff, I'm, I'm just as happy with, man, because. Uh, like you said, this like you had to do it. It wasn't. I, it's yeah. not like I even had a choice. Like I had to write these songs. Yeah. They, they happened exactly the way they were supposed to happen, and um, I yeah, I couldn't be happier with them. Uh, so yeah, no, I think it's also,
1: you know, there's also the risk of um, if you if you knew uh, the technical side, like you know, like you know it now, it might not ended up that way mm-hmm. because it kind of constrains you. But when you're, you know, when you don't know much of what you're doing and just twisting knobs and hoping, you know, just praying to get it right, uh, you might get more creative. And, uh, like, that's what I think, like, collaborations were uh, when there's more than one uh, one person creating music. Like, if you have, like, a band or a duo or something like that, you can get with some, someone being the creative side and someone being the, te- the more technical side. Mm-hmm. I think that would, that's the ultimate i think no absolutely uh, being able to still be very creative but you know someone will you know just pull it back a little nah that's not how it's done you know?
0: <laughs> yeah i i think that for me you know i've done some stuff with andre human nature and i continue to do stuff with him and like he can execute on technical stuff and i get with drew i get with villam once a month just to go over what i've been working on and like tech i'm not a technical producer and i hope I honestly like hope I never will be. I don't spend all day yeah. looking at YouTube tutorial videos, and 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 some people might be like, "Oh, algorithm!" Like he doesn't know how to he doesn't know a sine wave from a square wave, or whatever. <laughs> and I mean, I do, but like, uh, but do I? <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> you know, I know a baseline should be a sine wave, but but you know, I, I either, or you know, I I just I feel like you can lose some of that essence when you get too technical and, you know, Villam's really good at at reining me in. He's like, yo dude, like you're off in outer space with this. Like you need to like, we need more concrete elements. Your drums need to be stronger. Your baseline needs to do this. And that's why I get with him still every month, you know, because he keeps me in check. Um, but like, cause left to my own devices, <laughs> my music might be unapproachable. But that's where, <laughs> yeah, collaborations are really, really beneficial. Because if you look at Villain and BC are the perfect example. BC's like a vibe master, and Villain's like yeah. a mixed down like production master, right? And when you bring them together that you, with the Vanguard project, uh, I hope I'm not breaking anyone's. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil any secrets, but uh, the way I understand the Vanguard project is BC catches the vibe, sends Vilm a bunch of stems and stuff. And it's like, Hey, this is what I'm working with. And Vilm's like, and then he does the technical production stuff to it. And then you have a Vanguard project tune. And, and like, I think there's a lot of duos that work together that way, even Vilm and McLeod. And I'm guessing they work together in much the same way that McLeod catches the vibe and Vilm takes the vibe and hones it into um, because the th- the thing that Willem always points out is like this is dance music. There is a function to it, right? And I forget that constantly. Yeah. Like I'm more form over function, and then he's more function over form, maybe. And then like when you come together, it's like the meeting of form and function, right? If that yeah. makes any sense.
1: So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I I hated when you know I'm um, I'm. F- Creating a vibe. And then when I get to the mix down part, I had to like change half of it, half of every element, because they're not working together as a dance music, you know? Uh, and it could be fine. I mean, I guess I could, you could release maybe some a VIP of a certain track mm. so that you can get it like maybe even without any drums. Um, I've tried that a few times, you know, getting stripping out the drums from my projects and see what comes out of it when you play it, uh, you know. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool, you know. It doesn't have that progression, obviously, because most of the progression go through the drums. Uh, but it's really nice to have it. Like I'll, I'll have maybe I'll send it to you sometime. I have like uh, um, that tune, a uh, shine that I did for uh, basics, mm-hmm. uh, back to basics. Um, that one I stripped the drums off of it, and it's pretty boring if you just listen to it that way. But I could imagine it being in the background music for something, you know. Yes. Yeah. It sounds really nice if you add the vocal over it, someone talking or something. It's really, it's really nice. So I, I guess you could you could get more creative that way if you get rid of the club, you know, ex- expectations. It's funny that you say
0: that because <clears throat> because villain always says you should just take the drums out of this. <laughs> this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I have experimented with some uh, ambient stuff because. I actually talking about getting started on electronic music, I started on Selected Ambient Works. Like if you if you really want to talk about where I started listening to to electronic music, it was Aphex Twin Selected Ambient oh, yeah. Works 1 and 2. Um oh, yeah. and uh yeah, so, you know, I, I that stuff obviously there's almost um, especially Selected Ambient Works 2, there's there's almost no drums at all. Um I want to get to a couple more questions. Uh, one from Ted, he says that he first heard your music on the Mike kiss feedback sessions, which is is awesome. And then he said, the next thing he knows (laughs) you're releasing on, you're releasing great music on galaxy focus and basics. Can you describe this journey? Uh, which I'm sure is a lot to, to describe, but he says, it seems like it happened so fast. Uh, but it's interesting that he he wrote this in because I think that was probably the first time I'd heard of you too. Um,
1: probably, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then next thing you know, it you're number <laughs> one song of the year on the Alpha Rhythm Podcast.
1: <laughs> that was unexpected, but uh, oh yeah. no, it, you must know that was coming. Oh no, come on, man. There's so much great music on that playlist. I was like, it's insane. And it's something like that when you listen to it and you realize, you know, everybody says, you know, oh man, this year's been so full of great music, but you don't actually realize it until you listen it into a mix, the all of it. And it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's, it's so easy because it's so much music going out. It's it's very difficult to, you know, have something stand out. You can, you might not even listen to it because it's so much music. You can't listen to it all. I, I still like maybe the last two or three months, I haven't listened to any promos in my inbox because I didn't have time. Um, I like to listen to it, you know, uh, so that I can provide valuable feedback and just have it to play it on my sets. I didn't actually uh, record any more sets because I was so busy with work and stuff, Um, but yeah. Uh, So yeah, thanks so much, Ted, for, uh, for the nice words. Um, it means a lot to me especially since yeah this year has been crazy it's i i didn't expect this to be honest uh, but the fact is uh, you know working on music it's it's a long journey from the idea of creating a song to getting it signed and then to actually get it released so uh, even though i had like releases in january uh, some of those ideas were actually uh i worked on in the previous summer like in um, twenty twenty. And um, yeah, I think like I under the alias of resilient because i've I used to have a different one. Like I started creating um some, you know, very lightweight, nothing major, uh, wasn't really happy with uh, my productions. but you know, it helped me um get to this point. like it didn't happen overnight. Uh, but uh, having those sessions with Andre with human nature, definitely boosted, you know, my production level to levels I I didn't actually hope. Um, So yeah, those sessions, I actually had a few few, uh, tracks uh, written. And one of them, I think two or three of them uh, were mentioned in the feedback sessions. Uh, One of them got track of the week. Another one, I was tied, I think, with someone uh, with Huxit or something. Um, so it was definitely a booster to my, you know, to my um, uh, ego, uh, so to speak. <laughs> because I, I wasn't really sure what I was doing, you know. I, I was, I, I was feeling that I'm creating good music, but I wasn't really sure if it's music that other people would actually enjoy listening to. Um, so, yeah, those songs were actually almost done, uh, and they were signed in the in autumn uh, on Celsius. Um, then uh, Galaxy reached out. Uh, we had like the uh, lost together tune with human nature and uh, positive reaction. And it was actually pre like the, the release process were was the fastest ever, I think. It was two months from signing to, you know to releasing and I was it was amazing. Um, and yeah, and just I had like the EP that dropped on Celsius was finished in autumn, but it was released in March. Um, the songs from Spark EP, which was released like a, almost a month after the, my first EP on Celsius, that was almost also completed somewhere in January or something. Um, so I was writing a lot of a lot of music. Um, I had like 100 ideas or so, um, but you know not all of them near to completion. Like mainly mainly loops, and uh, some of them that I thought they had a future, I kind of went on and finished them. Um, and yeah, and this year I just stayed on it. Like I, I worked as much as I could on music. Um, I couldn't work very much, you know. I I was kind of busy with work as well, um, but I tried to give it my best and all my basically most of my spare time I invested in creating new music. Uh, not all of it, you know, got signed or um, might not ever be signed. Um, and I think that's that's not a bad thing. Um, I I love you know and. Some it might it's a, it might sound weird, but I like when I'm rejected by a label. But you know, I get the reasons, it's like a free feedback session that uh, you don't pay for, <laughs> and it's uh, <clears throat> it's pretty nice, you know, to have that that opinion. And sometimes you realize that that tune might not never see the light of day, you know, at least signing it. I'm still playing them and sets, um, sometimes, um, or just you know, just keeping them who knows for the future. Uh, So that's basically what's been happening. And the past few months, I couldn't really, I didn't really have much time to work on new music, but I already have a bunch of stuff uh, already signed or ready to be signed. Uh, I'm very glad that's happened because I was afraid that, you know, next year, you know, if if you start working on music now or, you know, in January, you you might release music if you're lucky, you know, maybe in the summer or something like that. Um, so it's it's a pretty long process. And the bigger the label, uh, the longer the wait times mm, uh, right. are until release. You have these embargoes of, you know, you can't play it until sometime or something like that. Um,
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's so- interesting because I, I think that so many people I talk to have the same journey and, and I, kind of ironically, the past couple people I've talked to, you know, you and and subliminal both started, not started, but but Andre, you know, human nature helped you out a lot, and and it's kind of a coincidence that it's human nature. But you know, I started working with Villem and 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 so many people, even like Ivory, and and all these people that are seeing success now started by being mentored by someone that's already done it. And my yeah. my suggestion for anyone like to see this kind of progression so quickly the people i see it in they get one-on-one mentoring um, or there's the dmb academy which yeah. again i was talking to andre what was it on like tuesday or no it was on monday and i was just like it's crazy the success that i'm seeing his people have again I don't want to turn this into a, a an advertisement for DMB Academy and and, and Andre cuz I don't even know if he's doing one-on-one sessions anymore because of the DMB Academy but yeah. Irie and and again he had a little bit of of production knowledge going in right but he's he his first release was on UKF <laughs> yeah yeah No and and then Nora first. higher than uh, I know she's gone through <laughs> it as well and um or maybe she's still doing DB Academy. She's on this new uh, Gold Fat EP with me, right? And you know we're we're all just kind of starting out together. But there is this wave of artists that you're getting, and it's I think because of COVID, right? People had yeah. to find new revenue streams when they couldn't DJ, so they started mentoring people. And I keep yeah. telling people, if you want to get started, now is the time because there's still yeah. artists doing mentoring.
1: Yeah. Not sure how long, because you know, once shows pick uh, start to pick up again, uh, or even Andre, you know, it, uh, at some point he had so many, uh, so many students that he didn't basically have time for sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really not sure if it's if he's doing if he's still doing one-on-ones now. Yeah, uh, I but I was lucky. I was so lucky that I got you know basically one of the uh, and kind of uh, one of one of the last slots basically. Um, and yeah, it's the main reason why I think this is so important to get mentoring and especially something like DMV Academy is very kind of helpful because they have like these packs of videos from other, uh, well-known producers that basically give up their trade. They give up their secrets. And what I, uh, what I, what I think was most important for me was the one-on-one sessions with Andre, he basically he let go, like, I, he didn't hold back on anything, like, I would, I was getting some insider secrets that I, I wouldn't even thought possible at that point, I was like, really, that's how you do that stuff, yeah it's that simple, and it was like, I wouldn't, never thought of that, and nobody gives you those, uh, those tips on YouTube videos and stuff, you know, you only get them from someone with experience and I almost feel bad, you know, I, I, I felt, I was feeling like I'm ripping, uh, ripping him off because it was so cheap to get those valuable lessons. And it was like he, it took him like 15 years to get to this point. And I'm like in a couple of years, like I'm creating music, I'm getting signed. And I i was like, I couldn't even believe it at some point, you know, I was still like trying to pinch myself. Is this really, is this really happening? Because, you know, you get, you get to a point where you get stuck, like, you can look at all the videos you want, uh, but you're just gonna end up sounding like somebody else. And you, when you're learning, I guess that's okay. You know, when you're trying to, uh, everyone's trying to emulate some kind of style, um, maybe a style they like or something like that. But as, as you want to get apart from that and stand out, uh, there's some things that nobody tells you, you know. And it's not because they don't wanna tell you, it's because for each people it's, it's different. Um, and what I loved so much of my session with Andre is that um, I had like an interview before joining, and he actually discussed with me and tried to figure out uh, what my strengths and weaknesses are, so that he can decide if he's going to work with me or not. Like it was, and I was like all shaky and stuff, you know. I, I <laughs> love his music, you know. I was, I had all his all his music, and I, I absolutely, I wasn't, you know, I couldn't believe I, I get to speak with him let alone just uh, work with him. And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, I would it's recommend awesome. it. <laughs> if, if you still can get one-on-one sessions with uh, an artist, uh, especially an artist you admire, you should definitely go for it. It's not something that, like it could boost you in a couple of sessions, you can just, you, it's crazy how much progress you can have in just a few sessions. It I, doesn't have to be like the, a year of sessions,
0: absolutely. Yeah, a few sessions can do wonders because um, yeah. they can, especially someone with experience, can isolate where you need help, right? Yeah, and that's what Andre yeah. and even Willem like to this day. He continues to help me so much because I'm, I, I, <laughs> I feel like he probably thinks I'm a lost cause. Like, when will you learn <laughs> algorithm? Like, <laughs> your drums suck, or no, what? Like, uh, but, but you know, I, I. That's why I value those one-on-one sessions even to to this day. Um, I, there's no and, and Subliminal was saying this like there's no shame in asking for help, and like oh, and that okay. goes for like everything in life, man. Like yeah. just ask for help. Like find someone yeah. who has what you want and just be like, yo, how'd you do that? Like, and, yeah. and, and that's just the way life works, right? If you want what someone has, like you got to do what they do, and if you want to know what they did to get there, just ask, right? And uh, I think Willem is still, you know, offering, I think he's still taking on new students. Um, So there's at least one name out there. I know even comics. Comics was offering one-on-one sessions. Like, dude wrote, I mean, it used to be two people. I think, you know, it's just one now, but like, be true, you know, (laughs) Yeah, I mean yeah. we were just talking about that song earlier it's just like you don't get any more legendary that's that's like and liquid that's like that's it right it's be true right yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. uh, and if you can get sessions like now is the time because things are still hairy with covid you know yeah. like i was supposed to be in london last week and oh, boy i'm glad i didn't go um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be there again in February and it's just like oh my goodness. But anyway, not to not to go off on a tangent, but you know, now is the time so, you know, carpe diem, seize the moment and just reach out to people that are offering these sessions um you know, not yeah. to totally plug myself, but I've been doing them with a couple people and I've just been trying to pass on what's been passed on to me from you know working with uh, and I even worked with Mike Kiss. Mike Kiss was doing them no he doesn't do them anymore but you know Mike yeah. Kiss, Willem and Human Nature were my mentors it's just like what <laughs> you know
1: that's a yeah that's a pretty select uh team of people helping out there yeah kind of jealous. yeah
0: yeah no it, it, you know you, like you said you were nervous like I remember my before my first session you know like pinching myself or whatever Um, yeah it's pretty cool uh so another question from james uh he said what has it been and we touched on this a little bit but what has it been like launching a music career during a worldwide pandemic um yeah i think i've asked i think well i asked subliminal this but you know he asked if there's pros and cons (laughs) or just cons
1: (laughs) (laughs) <clears throat> I think definitely there are more pros than cons to this, because like you said, um, I I got to work with some artists that maybe wouldn't have had time for me uh, if it wasn't this situation. Uh, but, you know, the biggest con, it was that you couldn't actually play your music on big systems. And that's, uh, that was the biggest bummer, I think. And it's not that you can't play your music on big systems. It's that you can't go to other shows and have some random DJ playing one of your tunes mm-hmm. on League systems, which is like the top feeling, I guess. Um, so I think this is there's this pro and this con. I don't think there's anything different. Um, I think another pro would be that being, you know, in lockdowns and stuff, uh, I basically had more time on my hands to actually work on music as opposed to going out with friends and uh, um, stuff like that. Not that I don't enjoy it, but uh, I was kind of forced to reconsider the options. uh, What I could do with my time, because I'm like, I, I, I'm not, I don't love wasting time. Um, Mm. It's one of my (laughs) uh, issues. I know that many people have this issue uh, trying to be, you know, as proficient as possible, um, but I really like to know that I've done something useful with my time at some point, uh, so I think that one of the pros was this one that I was kind of confined in, um, in lockdown and in all the social distancing um, things, uh, to actually have more time to dedicate to music. And boy, did I took advantage! Of, <laughs> did I take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: it's funny because people tend to focus on negatives and and there's so many so many positives i know it's tough like people are dying and like i just you know i've lost family members to covid and and and, um i've been to funerals of people that have died very recently to covid so i'm i don't want to minimal minimize that at all because you know it's been that's just the way life is man there's 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 the, you got to take the good with the bad and there's not one without the other, but, but the, the, the pros, like I, like I said, carpe diem, like seize the day when one door shuts, another one opens. Right. And yeah, I lost my career. I lost Mm -hmm. my, I worked in, you know, a a theater, I worked in a performing arts center and I mean, they shut down for, you know, they're just reopening now. Um, and you know, it's just like, oh my God, like I worked so hard for this job. I interviewed and there was, there was like a hundred applicants. And then, you know, when they interviewed me and I do all these presentations, I, you know, I, I fought tooth and nail for that job. And then literally I was there a week (laughs) and then COVID hit. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and then I, I had always said, if I only had the time, I would really, I'd love to, you know, make some records and release on focus and release on hospital. And it's just like, well, you always said, if you had the time, (laughs) <laughs> there's nothing but time right um yeah and and you see people like yourself that that did exactly that they they ceased there's no time like the present right and like when you're at home sitting at home and you've always wanted to write music like now's yeah. the time right um so you can sit and wallow in misery and think about oh woe is me and look at all what's wrong with the world or you can you can take action steps and, and ask for help and, and do these, you know, get a subscription to Splice. And, you know, yeah. just there there's these things that you can do. And um, yeah. just you, you got to do it. Anyone can do it. I think you are the, not to say that you're, you're no one, but you and I are the perfect examples of just, we're just, we just did it. <laughs> the only thing that yeah. separates yeah. you and I from someone that like this, who wants to start is we, you know, we, we did it the steps necessary it's it's the action so you know you you, I think you just you you nailed it um you you just had this golden opportunity really COVID presented an opportunity and yeah there's cons like you said it's mostly the live events thing right but I think the pros as an artist outweigh the cons because we had a ton of time to write music and and then you know the future symptoms thing uh villain pointed out the reason hospital did that and the reason i was able to get on, on hospital kind of i don't want to say easily but they it was a slow year so they were like let's give new artists a platform so they did the series of ep's future symptoms and i was yeah. able to get on there so
1: that's also that yeah that's something something amazing happened like last year and this year i think uh with uh bigger labels giving more chances to uh upcoming artists and I think that's that's amazing. I'm not just saying that because it happened to us, uh, but I've discovered like a lot of people that I hadn't heard before, uh, and that write some great music. And that's when I when I do mixes, when I, I get asked to do a, a mix for some channel or something, or just even when I go uh, and play music live, uh, I try to you know play as as much music as I can from people that I. Consider that are not as well known as they should be and uh, whose music is on par with everything else, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is amazing. Like you can sometimes, maybe you can tell the difference at the uh, technical level, but the vibes are just incredible. Like I've, I've heard some music from people that are just upcoming, like debut albums, debut DPs, um like singles and stuff from people that um, weren't releasing music before. And it's, it's amazing. And I think it's amazing that labels are giving people like us a shot, a real shot, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there's just never been a better time to, to yeah. start and, and this window of opportunity, because that's what it is. It's not going to last forever. So if you're sitting there right now, listening to this, thinking about, Hmm, should I, st-? yeah, I mean, do it like, just do yeah. it. I, what's uh what's uh, the,
1: <laughs> the yeah, Shia LaBeouf
0: and- thing. Watch that Shia LaBeouf video. You know what? I'm,
1: you know what I'm talking about?
0: You just make your dreams come true. <clears throat> just do it. And if you don't know yeah. what I'm talking about, just Google Shy the Buff. Just do it. And uh and, it'll get you pumped up, man. Shy the Buff he's he's got a way about him.
1: <laughs> and and even if it's not like uh, it's I don't think the goal should be for when you're writing music, the goal shouldn't be to get signed. I mean, the the goal to get signed is if you want to reach more people. <clears throat> but I always think that the first thing that's the most important thing is for you to be um to be happy about what you've written and what what it sounds like, what what you've been able to do with the, all the skills that you gathered uh and <clears throat> helped you get to a point to release something, even if it's on your own SoundCloud or free download or something like that, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that you you're happy with what you've built. And then somebody will pick you up and it's just gonna take you from there, you know. But you don't have to write music for labels. You have to write music for yourself. Uh, Again, you have to be happy with what you've written. You're not gonna be 100% happy, obviously, because there's still technical levels that you get get years to master. Um, And you you can't expect those first tracks to be something comparable to the commercial ones, Um, but you'll get there in time. It's something that, uh, if it's good, it's good, you know? Like, I've always, when I was talking to to, to Marco uh, from uh, Focus Recordings, like, I wasn't even planning, you know, of uh, reaching out. But like Andre Human Nature said at some point, you know, this is a very nice tune. I should send it. You should send it to Marco. Uh, he might want to sign it. And I was like, man, I'm not sure if I'm ready, you know. Mm. He said, just send it. Just write an email, introduce yourself, send the, send the song, and uh, just take it from there. And Marco replied very fast, as his usual fashion. Not sure how he does it. <laughs> huge, huge love to Marco. He's one of the nicest guys in drum and bass. Uh, and he rejected it obviously because it was it wasn't there, you know. Uh, but he did give me like very valuable feedback, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was that feedback that I applied to other songs that I was working on. And like the next time I sent it to him, I sent three other songs and I was, you know, I was wondering if it uh, if you'd like this, sign this as an EP or something. And he said, yeah, let's do it. I like them." Yeah. Awesome. Like what? How did this happen? You know, but you know, you just got to listen to what people say. And like you said, you have to ask for help if mm. you needed it. Everybody everybody needs help at some point.
0: That's funny. I uh <laughs> I I email Marco constantly. Dude, I yeah. I dude's probably like sick of hearing from me. <laughs> uh, but I I uh and this isn't to say that I had anything to do with you getting signed or anyone, but I will constantly tell him like, "Hey, have you heard of this person?" you know. And, and I constantly tell people too to send their music to Marco. And uh, yeah. I think, you know, I just for example, Ritual, we did Venus Fly together and like It's hard to you just don't everyone you lack perspective of your own music, right? But I'm you know Ritual wasn't hot on that tune, and I was like, I'm gonna send this to Marco, and he's like, Yeah, I don't know, like I don't even know if he responded to me. I was like, Hey, I'm sending this, (laughs) and I don't know if, but I sent it, and I you know I I think Marco out of all the songs on that EP, I think he liked that one the most, and it's had the most success, you know, the streaming numbers wise, and. They put it on the best of Celsius 2020 compilation, but but anyways, uh, you know. And then Ritual was writing more stuff, and I was like, dude, just send this to Marco, right? And and, and um, you know, and then he he released the Acacia EP, which was on Influenza, and and then he did Moments of Comfort on Celsius last year, and both of those EPs are so freaking good, you know. And yeah. and and the same thing with you know, uh, Irie, and you know these. These new artists again that are are just fantastic. You know, Marco does such a wonderful job of, of promoting new music. Um, but then you even see people yeah. like Villem and, and BC and, and and stuff releasing on Focus too. So that's one of my favorite things of Focus is it, it, he that Break just had an EP on Focus. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah.
0: You see, it's um, amazing.
1: It's amazing.
0: Yeah, and we're in good company. Yeah, I, <laughs> think,
1: yeah I, I think Marco is that kind of person that can glue everyone together mm-hmm. and it's like <clears throat> at some point uh, i sent some music to galaxy and um i didn't hear back from them uh, for a while and then you know after about a month i just um, just sent it to marco um and i was like um hey listen uh, i have this uh, uh this tuners would you like to have them sign? can find uh, a place for them or something like that and he was like instantly you know and like Five minutes, I got a reply, yes, send them over, send the stamps, we'll get it done. And you know, the next day I get an email from Galaxy, you know, saying, Hey, do you, you still have that uh, those songs? that uh, we want to sign them. <laughs> and I was like, Are you kidding me? I just literally uh spoke with uh with Marco and um yeah, he wants them on, on Celsius, and uh he was like staying from Galaxy, shout out to staying. Um, he uh, he said, oh, OK, uh, don't worry about it. It's it's fine. It's we will know Marco. It's yeah. uh, it's OK. And it was really, uh, really interesting. And uh, that was the point when I was like, hey, man, this is like uh, this is bigger than, you know, you anticipate at some point. Yeah, label um, labels, man.
0: Yeah, no, it's it, it's really uh, such a blessing um, Again, you know, I'm I'm eagerly waiting my next record to arrive in the mail, and it's just like what, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, getting masters back, getting getting your music on a record, getting. It's just, it's just, it's like a, a different level, different, yeah, yeah.
1: And I know there were some issues with COVID and vinyl pressings.
0: Yeah, yeah. This EP should have been out a while, ago, or not? Should have? I mean, it, everything happens. In its own time right as i always i like to think that everything is happening exactly the way it's supposed to happen and it's true yeah um, but you know it originally had been planned uh to to come out much earlier so uh yeah. but that's okay it gave me a little break me much like yourself i've been taking a little bit of a breather um because i think it's important to do that as well so yeah i've got a couple more questions i don't know if i'm gonna get to all these uh <laughs> The, well let's do I, I have a couple silly ones uh beard tips awesome sauce that's the, that's the entire question it's two words it just says beard tips do you have any tips for taking care of a beard and making it look like that and getting I'm, all the women obviously and <laughs> the guys or men i was, yeah, I was just going to say yeah no i, I should i
1: don't want to you know I don't, i'm not sure like i uh like this is the product of about 6 years now of growing a beard so it's really hard to tell uh what's underneath there anymore but um it's uh like i am i'm not pleased with with the genetics uh but i i do my best with what i have i think it's uh, it's, it's came it came out nicely but it's like i've seen way better beards <laughs> i'm drooling all over you know <laughs> But yeah, you gotta be happy with what you have. And uh, I'm, yeah, sometimes I wonder if like, people are listening to my music because it sounds nice or because they see like beard. That, that beard, yeah.
0: <laughs> I uh, I I have to admit, you know, we were talking about the Mike Kiss <laughs> feedback sessions and yeah. usually half the song or half the feedback in the chat was about your beard and the other half yeah, was yeah. about the song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So. It was it was
0: Johnny, I think. It, yeah, like at some point he was like, "Man, that beard though." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am not
1: sure um, about him, that beard though.
0: <laughs> I I do want to shout out. Uh, they haven't been happening as much lately, but you know, talking about getting started. Uh, I guess we should have touched on this then. But the mic has feedback sessions and there's other communities. Um, is it Think Breaks that does? Yeah. I think they have a feedback session, right? Yeah. There, there's these communities, especially on discord, if you're not on discord and you want to get started in music production, it's ironic because discord is meant to be like a gaming platform, but yeah. a lot of drum and bass artists use discord. I communicate with a lot of people through there. We have an alpha rhythm channel. Uh, Mike Kiss obviously has a channel, a hospital, many, there's many, many drum and bass discord channels. And, um, you can post your works in progress. You can get feedback. Some of them do live sessions. Um, you know, just just get plugged in, man. And, and, and another blessing of COVID is, is like, like that's how I met you, right? Is through the mic kiss feedback sessions, and now we're releasing on the same labels, and and you know, I, I, so I've made so many friends, and I don't know if we would ever cross paths, if yeah, not for, exactly, if not yep. for your beard, uh, <laughs> or I mean, if not for COVID. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, yeah, as, um, this thing with discord channels, I think it's so important because there are some, there are some people that I, I wish I had the time to do this, but sometimes that some people that are taking time of their own to, you know, give you feedback on, on tuning it. It's not just, you know, on mighty cases, discord, for example, you have other people that are very active and they can give you feedback on your tunes. And it's like, this is amazing. It's where can you get like feedback from people that really know their stuff, especially technical level. Um, And it's like free, you know, free feedback that doesn't mean obviously, because I know that many people are thinking, you know, I'm just going to go in there sign up and then send them a bunch of tunes and then, you know, uh, leave or something. No, you have to do your part because that's, that's how these communities are built like you want to get feedback on some of your tunes maybe you should listen to some other people's tunes and mm-hmm. give them feedback in return um and you'll discover that this is like a wonderful world and it's one of the uh, i think the main tip would be that want to get one-on-one session if you can with with some accomplished artists and the second one would be to join some of these discord channels which are really invaluable it's I can't describe it. So many times we've heard like feedback, and even on the feedback sessions. But even they have like separate channels where you can post your music and you will get feedback, you know, written feedback from some other people whenever they have time to give it a listen. And that's uh, that's amazing to me. And shout out to everyone who's doing that. Um, I've had feedback given to me uh, uh, to my to my music, and it's helped me a lot. And um, I try to do it myself, but. I'm really short on time, especially lately this year, um, but I will definitely get back and uh, provide my useless feedback probably, but, you know, it's uh, well, it's still better than nothing.
0: Feedback <clears throat> is feedback. And I do want to point this out that, like, you don't have to, like, it's hard sometimes. Feedback can be like a double-edged sword, kind of. Yeah. Right? Because, like, don't compromise your artistic, like, vision because of your feedback. And, like, so I've had songs that I've gotten, like, yeah, feedback from. It's interesting because I've even had the same person. Like, maybe they're not, like, in a good mood or whatever. Yeah. And and I remember Willem who heard, when he first heard Tranquility, he was like, da, 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 I don't know. I, he yeah. was he was lukewarm on it. And he had some stuff to say. And, and a couple of weeks a of later... Here. He came back to me and he was just like, this song is perfect. Don't change a thing. Actually, he was doing a live stream for, for Spearhead. He's like, is it okay if I play this for the Spearhead event? You know? And I was just like, oh, yeah, sure. What? Okay. It was just a total 180, right? Um, and like here I was after I got that feedback. I went to this. I opened the song and I tried to apply some of his feedback. And I was just like – it it, it it like he was like this should be longer and you should change this and this and i tried i tried changing the drums i tried changing the structure and none of it sounded right to me and luckily i just disregarded his feedback and then he came back and told me disregard my feedback
1: <laughs> yeah that happens that happens a lot of time uh some of the time because people are very you know subjective to mm-hmm. what their vision of a, of a good tune is uh or what they see and that's not a bad thing that's just their vision uh, and that's the main reason why there's so many artists and so so many so much music going out and it's very different from one another is that each people each person has their own vision of how things should be uh, sounding or looking and yeah i think you should take that feedback um, but you know don't don't hold your breath that that feedback will actually improve your music it might you know like you said it might change the whole vibe and you don't want to change the vibe if it's something that you're happy with uh, you might as well release uh, a tune with a, a solid vibe and a poor mix down than the other way around. Perhaps. Because it's gonna it's gonna sound nice, it's gonna sound clean, but people will get tired of it and maybe not play it at all. And we don't want that, right? Some yeah. of the best music in drum and bass, at least that I love, and the liquid uh, part are some of the worst produced uh, pieces. Maybe like the old ones from like Tenor. Twelve years ago, fifteen years ago, and it's just if you listen to it now at today's standards, they don't stand up, you know. But they're still solid pieces of music. Yeah,
0: it's funny. I heard someone criticizing Etherwood's mixdowns the other day, and I maybe I'm just not like production-minded enough. But like I'm like, what Etherwood song are you talking about? Because <laughs> I think his stuff, his mixdowns are fine. But also, yeah. I think it just goes to show like I'm not going to Etherwood for like. A clean mixdown. Like I don't care. I don't care what Etherwood's mixdown is necessarily
1: because I'm going for a vibe, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. And the musicality and right. so many different layers. Mm-hmm. Uh you can't just like you can't just sacrifice everything for the sake of uh mixdown. Right. Whereas,
0: you know, like if Sub Focus had a bad mixdown, like his song is his songs are oh, like yeah. super like or Wilkinson, you have this like highly produced music that yeah. if the mix down is suffering, not to say musical, their musicality is lacking or anything, I'm not trying to criticize them, but, but the mix down is so crucial to what they're doing, that kind of dance floor yep. stuff. Um, so, but with either yeah. one, I'm just like, man, it's a, it's a vibe. So
1: yeah, for dance floor, you need to have everything, uh, spot on it's right. on those huge systems for main stage. Um, uh, it's, everything is noticeable and it, it has to first, it has sound okay on those big systems and then the vibe you know right. if you can them both that's fine
0: all right i have this one from cosmo cat he says can you get into some of the details about economics of producing drum and bass how does it pay to be a dj or a producer is it sustainable to have as a primary source of income or only as a side job uh and then he goes on to say if it's a side job is your main job somehow related to djing or producing music
1: uh, yeah that's um i think that's a hot question to ask uh, but at the same time um i don't think at least in my perspective i don't think it's that important uh, but if you do want to get a career um, on music, you have to get on you know the commercial side. You can't stand on underground um, jobs or um, music, even music because that's not paying enough. Like every day today is streaming and streaming is paying so poorly um, that you need to have millions of sales in order to, you know, um, get a decent living out of it. Uh, I would suggest you know, getting maybe a side job or uh, even a full-time job if it still allows you to have time to make music. And just see where it, where you go with uh, um, with the income from music, um, and just see if if it's something that you would see like growing in the future. Uh, because even when you're starting, like in any other business, I assume it's going to be like very low income for a few years before you actually get your image out there and people know your name and uh, are calling you to all these events. And also, I think that the most the, the most money you will make is from gigs. It's not from selling the music. So you'd have to be, maybe be a very good DJ uh, that knows the crowd. And, uh, you know, it helps if you create good music, but it's not mandatory. Like you could still be a very good DJ. And that's what counts in those gigs. Um, people are still, you know, uh, vibing over uh, DJs more than artists. There are still artists that are good DJs as well, but uh, there's also very good DJs that don't produce music or produce very very little music. Uh, So I'd say, yeah, at least for the beginning uh, part, for the first years, I wouldn't rely on any income for music. It's more like you're going to invest money into it, being uh, either DJ tools like uh, players or uh, some turntables, a mixer, or, you know, um, if you're creating music, you probably have to buy Ableton or something, um, some plugins and stuff like that, a good computer, a decent computer. So all of that is going to kind of make you, like you're going to spend more money than earning in the mm. first years. It's definitely going to be that way. And even when you're earning money, it's still it's going to be on the long run to get th- that money back that you invested.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I was. It's kind of funny because I I would say the same thing that starting off you're you actually probably lose money <laughs> yeah <laughs> getting started as a drum and bass artist right i think
1: most artists still lose money like if you're into buying synths and stuff like mm-hmm. it's a whole different story <laughs> yeah Both i don't think buying records
0: with drum and bass especially i don't think many people are in it for the money um yeah But, you know, he talked about uh, having a side job relating to drum and bass. So Willem, for instance, I know that he does a lot of mastering and he does yeah. he 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 is like an audio engineer right so he has side jobs that are related to drum and bass and he does the one on one sessions so yeah he's an artist and he DJs and stuff but that's just not enough especially when you have a family when you have kids when you live you know in London or you know near London it's it's expensive right and uh no one can make a living off of you know they call it the gig economy you know if you're playing you'd have to be playing so many shows constantly the streams just aren't enough they're not paying the bills and no one buys music anymore
1: (laughs) much to my chagrin
0: you know i tell people on the podcast all the time please buy this but just people just don't look at the numbers people aren't buying it Um, yeah it's hard to buy it you know because
1: now uh streaming platforms had made it so easily so accessible you know you can listen to it everywhere in your car whatever you know on your phone as opposed to buying the record and then you have to, you know, upload it yourself and sync it, make sure you sync it between. But I think most people buy music now are either other DJs uh, who need those files to actually play them, uh, or people that want to support. And I think that's that's awesome. People are still they still want to support that music even though they're still listen on Spotify maybe, uh, but they will still buy your, you know, your uh, Bandcamp album or something. Right. Uh, just to show support and i think that's that's amazing and uh but yeah also on uh you touched you touched on the fact that Villon also does work related to drum base you have to also consider like the years he's been in the business and in the game like it's not happened overnight and you have like a lot of years like even now i think things have sped up quite quite a bit you know since we have this one-on-one sessions and stuff and fast feedbacks on your tunes and stuff like that. You can grow, you can really grow very much uh, in a year or two, as opposed to these people that were struggling like 15 years ago. I know Johnny Maitakis as well, like he's, he's been making tunes like 15 years ago and he's just uh, he, he just like just two, three years ago, uh, he got signed on uh, hospital ride or four years or something like that. It's still, it's crazy how much work he had to do in order to get noticed. By big labels, and uh, this is this is what is going to be. And the more artists that come up, uh, the you know the more diluted the whole pool is going to be. So it's going to be harder and harder for you to actually uh, get yourself known. So that's why you have to have your own style and stand stand out from the others some way or another.
0: Yeah, you. Uh, I hate to use the word gimmick, but you almost have to have you have to have something. Right. Yeah. That, that the kinda. earworm. Yeah. The,
1: yeah. You have to have the earworm.
0: Right. Right. And and everyone. I mean, there's a number of different ways to to approach it, but don't I think approach it as a job. Right. And and I think there's something to be said about that too. Like I have a full time job again after losing my last job. You know, I work in IT, and that's my main source of income. Right. And that allows me because, and I always say this, I have a Patreon, and every dollar I get from Patreon, I reinvest back into my music. every dollar I get in royalties from Marco from hospital, from wherever you know that goes right back into my music, and that allows me to um you know whether it's buying plugins. Uh, since one-on-one sessions. Um, I, I'm about to buy alpharhythm.com, <laughs> uh. which uh, <laughs> <ooh. laughs> that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I it, it took. Um, that's a whole nother story. But after many months of negotiations, I finally settled on a price. But oh. uh, yeah. but I, uh, I, I reinvest this this money that that my Patreon, my patrons, so generously give me. Um so I'm lucky that I have that that because I I have the 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 full time job. That's what's paying for the lights to be on and and the food and the fridge and, and everything like that. And it it's more comfortable because I don't have to write music. I get to write music. If music is my source of income, I have to do it. We have yeah. to because otherwise we don't eat. We don't have a place to live. We don't, you know, um and that can compromise you as an artist, right? Because if you have to do it, like, I have to write a song today or I'm going to lose my house. Like, yeah. So what's the energy behind the music then, right? Of
1: course, yeah. It's like an other job. Uh, but like I, I like to think that even when you get a, a regular job, uh, if you can get it, like, if you can make your hobby or something that you're very into it um, a job, like if you think of the money after you're, um, you're actually realizing that that's your passion. Uh, if you can get some some way of monetizing that and getting money out of it, that would be the, the greatest like accomplishment. I wouldn't look at it the other way around. You know, right. I want to go into music because it um, it can get me money or it can get me fame. Um, that's not really how it works. It's, some people can get away with it, but look at the outcome. Like you can't stand um, these people that we're following and that we're listening to their music for so so many years now. Uh, haven't thought like that. They just created music because they they liked it, and they went and had gigs because they enjoyed you know the atmosphere and the, the vibe that they could create in those crowds. Um, people would sense that. They they can feel that it's a passion and they come to your shows and you know they support you whatever, so that's very important for you to have a passion and not think of the of the money side. If you can right. get some money out of it, that's that's like a bonus. I would I would really look at it at like a bonus. I haven't really gotten any royalties yet, but because it's like it's the first year I release music, but um, you know I wouldn't look at it as uh, as you know a source of income. Maybe some passive income. Um, and I would definitely uh, reinvest it back into music, or maybe just recuperating some, right? Uh, some of something the you already made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you just look at my records over
0: here, it, it's a constant <laughs> reminder that I am very much not a profitable artist. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Same here. You know, it's it's not. Um, and I think that's one of the things that that kind of makes it great is it's not something that anyone goes into for the money. Um, yeah. because once you get money involved, it just, mm, ugh, it mucks everything up. You know, I think some artists, you look at really, really successful artists, they do it at the expense of everything else in their lives. Like if you look at someone like Michael Jackson, who, you know, wrote some of the greatest music and most popular music ever, like look at what became of him. Right. Um, you know, it, it's not a healthy way to be um to to but he won i mean when thriller thriller that was it, yeah. it was gonna be the biggest record ever and and they they set it they set out to make just the biggest thing ever and yeah. and again, I'm not saying success always comes with a terrible outcome, but many many many
1: many times it does um you know yeah I, when you, when it's commercial enough, yeah, it's yeah. a high risk that you're gonna. You're going to have trouble keeping up with the fame and uh and the pressure of bringing in more money and more money right yeah it's it's i don't know <laughs> it's a whole nother
0: topic but yeah the the usually that fame and and money and everything comes with a heavy 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 price um it's yeah so it's nice you know be careful what you wish for because you might just get it a and yeah. b Be grateful for what you have, man. Because like you know, it's so easy to look at numbers. You know, and with like social media and stuff like that, it's like oh, those numbers are higher than mine, or or my numbers are higher. And it's this big like I don't know. It's really unhealthy. It's really, really, really unhealthy. So like, let's come back to the roots and remember like why we do this. And it's because like you know, as an artist, and you said this earlier, like you have to. It's just like I had to write these songs. They were in me. I had to get them out. and that's where, like, I think this music really shines. So we have yeah, an audience, I, but it's not so big that, uh, you know, hopefully we're we're losing ourselves to the commercial fame, monetary success stuff.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's also like people like numbers because it's an easy way to kind of quantize uh, where you stand and what your progress has been. Uh, in music, I don't think it's that important. I mean, it's it's nice to know people are listening to your music, but I don't think it's a uh, whole difference if 100,000 people or 200,000 people are listening to your music. It's just not that big a difference, uh, you know, unless it's like 100 people or a million people are listening to your people, that's right. quite a huge difference. Um, but to get to those numbers, it's really, really hard. Right. Um, but I think that people, people think, have this idea that uh, the numbers tell the, the, the story of their progress, And I get, I get that, you know, it's, it's usually, that's how life works, right? Um, I don't think in music, it's that much important. And I guess that because so many people are attached to these numbers, other people also seem pressured, you know, if someone talks about numbers, about their numbers, uh, then if I don't talk about mine, you know, people are not going to notice me, maybe, Uh, and maybe that's that's the pressure. And that's why so many people jump on this uh, numbers wagon. Um, But, uh, you know, I don't see it as a bad thing. Like everyone should, you know, if I do something nice and something that I'm proud of, why not let everyone else know about it? Right. Especially if it's something like music or something like arts, Um, I get why people are doing that, but yeah, I don't think it's very healthy for the overall Uh, environment because there are some other artists lesser known maybe who haven't even released yet and uh, you know they might they might never release they might get so you know maybe I'm not good enough for this or stuff like that and you can and I've seen this like especially in music I've seen that people are uh, very prone to um, to be to be disappointed very quickly like you can with, even with a feedback that you're giving someone to a song if you're not giving it like just strictly objective about keeping it what it is and if you if you just say something like that's not good at all that's bad that's something like that you can get someone to just quit you know mm. and who knows that person might have some great ideas and maybe they could create some awesome music that you would actually enjoy listening to
0: yeah yeah it's it's easy to get discouraged, but at the same yeah. time, you know it's important to just keep on keeping on, man you know it's it, it's life can be challenging music, you know, the music is no different um yeah but but again, it's drum and good. bass, yeah, just don't don't think about the economics <laughs> of it's yeah, best no. that you just it's best to just leave that at the door you know and, and come into the studio and just focus on creating uh art and and creating something because you feel called to do it right not because of money or because yeah just put put money out of your mind because again when you're starting off you're not going to make money you're going to lose money ableton's expensive computers are expensive uh plugins are expensive samples production lessons um yeah
1: i time time your time yes, is a, it's so a time investment I think about that as well so
0: yeah no it's but it's all worth it in the end oh my god you know Definitely. it's just i'm i'm just sitting here thinking about both of our journeys and and even subliminal talking to him last week and you know he he just was on you know ukf and and uh boy what a what a journey this past year or two has been for for all three of us um and i really just think it's just it just goes to show with enough passion in time and and just taking the necessary steps, uh,
1: anyone can do this. So yeah, and persistence. Like I remember talking to to Andre. A lot of the times, he would say that you know it's not actually like the most important thing in this is to be persistent mm. and to constantly create music. It's not you don't have to expect that all your music is going to be signed or even if anyone else is going to like it. Even your you you might not like it. You know the outcome. Uh, but you have to keep to keep doing it you have to be persistent. that's what makes or breaks you know an artist it's the persistence like the, the amount of time they they invest in that trade like I always look at at um, like instrumentalists. I'm no instrumentalist but I, I look at people that are doing live gigs and it's like it's amazing like how many years of you know of training those people had like years and years, from even from a young age, uh, they're like learning piano, and some people, you know, they know uh, multiple instruments, and they are like they play uh, five or six instruments, and they're uh, they're playing these bands, live bands, and they're, they're, everything is flawless, you know. And that's years of sacrifice. That's a lot of a lot of time, a lot of persistence, you know. And it's like, it it would be wrong for people like us to uh, get it right on the first go and have a hit song and everyone is going to like, it It would simply be wrong. But at the
0: same time, I think it's important to find a balance, a healthy balance, you know, i I, uh, that's why I've taken a little bit of a step back lately is just because I want to remember why I'm doing it and I don't want to, you know, and this is all stuff we talked about earlier. It's just you have to uh, have the right perspective and the right mindset coming into the studio and and it's it's important to find a balance in everything we do, right in life in general and and I think that. You can obsess and and chase something too much, right? It's good to be persistent, and it's good to to you know invest time and energy and money into things, but not at the expense of everything else. And that's kind of what I was talking about. With I use the Michael Jackson analogy, um, you so many people sacrifice their. Their, their health, their families, their, you know, physical and mental health, or even like spiritual health, you know, they, they sacrifice everything in pursuit of one. And it's this unhealthy obsession, right? So it's, it is about finding a balance. So, yeah. and that's what, yes. that's just what life is, finding that balance. So the sweet spot. Yeah.
1: It's cool. all about the sweet spot in music, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we I mean everything. It's all it's all we were talking about like making a minimal tune. You know, finding the balance between not having too much and not having too little and just having just the right amount. And you know, it's it's yeah, it's uh it's the yin and the yang. So yeah. Hard. Well, I have more questions, but we have already gone on. Uh, <laughs> and it's gonna be two thousand twenty two in like what less than four hours there, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you got to go. Do you watch? No, you can't watch the ball drop. I was going to say you have to go watch the ball drop, but the ball drops in New York. <laughs> that doesn't drop yeah, for it's another little, be in the morning. Hours. <laughs> um, yeah, so at seven in the morning that drops for you, right? Yeah. So yeah. you could wake up tomorrow and watch the ball drop. I could.
1: I'm Not sure that I will, but
0: yeah, I, could. I don't know. That seems miserable. <laughs> people, I know people have gone to New York to to do that. And to go to Times Square for that. And it seems miserable. (laughs) You're backed in like sardines. And I don't know what they're doing because of COVID. But, you know, and and you have to get there super early. And it's really cold. And, like, I don't know. It just
1: looks awful. I can't imagine a worse way (laughs) to spend New Year's. Not sure how that's going to look like, no. Yeah, I think last year it was without people, right? I have
0: no idea. I don't watch it. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah,
1: everyone's tough times. Tough times.
0: Yeah. And I've done quite a few New Year's gigs. So I want to say the only times I ever make it up past midnight is when I was playing a gig. So I wasn't buying yeah. television or anything. Yeah. But it's I am amazing. DJing tonight and, and but it's in Portland. So it's actually I'm DJing at 9 p.m. in Portland, but that's actually at midnight here. I start at midnight my time. Ah, nice.
1: So I don't know if I'll be awake. That's amazing, man.
0: Because it is, I shouldn't say this, but obviously it's pre-recorded. So (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, no, no live gigs for me this year or last year. But um,
1: yeah, Yeah, just things didn't like sync up for you. Yeah. But I'm sure next year, you'll get it all back. We'll see. Whatever. If you're willing, you know, to travel across the ocean again.
0: I mean, I'm supposed to go to London in February, not to, I I don't want to get my hopes up, but man, things are really bad in England right now. Um, Yeah, everywhere. I don't know if the event will even end up, or actually multiple events I'm supposed to be doing will end up happening. So I need to start getting flight insurance. You think I would have learned my lesson last time, but (laughs) I need to, uh, if I'm going to keep booking trips, I should uh, get flight insurance. Yeah. These hot ones, algorithms, these hot tip. If you book a flight, get flight insurance now. <laughs> because... But it's, it's funny because I've flown for 30 years. I've never thought about flight insurance. I'm like, I'm not getting that. That's a scam. Yeah. But now, like, I'm actually having to cancel these flights. I'm like, and they're like, well, we're not giving your money back because you didn't get flight insurance. Uh, uh Oh, no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, these are long flights. Yeah. You should definitely. Yeah. It's a tough life.
0: pill to swallow. Man, There, that's a lot of money to just... <laughs> Again, yeah. not, but uh, you know, it's not about the money. I have to constantly remind myself, <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah, it's all for the love of it. So, all right, well, hey, thanks for coming on, and yeah, happy new year. Uh, I'm gonna get this up like right away, so this should be up um uh, before the end of the year.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, wow, um, thank you so much, man, for inviting me. I know, no, thank you, that was yeah, that was wow. great,
0: and it was great. Uh, just to chat with you in general, it's always always good to catch up because uh you know life gets really busy and and it's easy to lose sight of what really matters and to me it's the friendships and it's the relationships and it's and that's what makes that's one of the things that makes drum and bass so great is the community around it
1: right oh Um, of course yeah i I love the community in drum and bass it's amazing i don't think there's many genres that have this
0: no no it truly is is beautiful and and again to anyone who wants to get started get involved just get involved with the drum yep. and bass community right and and go in the discords and the live streams and 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 uh ask for help because yeah man drum and bass is the best and anyone can do it
1: anyone can Drum do and it. bass is the best yeah yeah and trance is pretty good too pretty <laughs> trance is, yeah trance is something else <laughs> <laughs> Drum so base is okay, but trans is
0: <laughs> do you uh do you have any upcoming projects be- before we wrap up? You want to plug or any social links, anything like that?
1: No, oh, that's fine. I think people um uh, people that are um that are on your channel mostly know uh, my my work. Thanks to you, of course, which have always uh you have always promoted my my music. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of my listeners come from uh you know your um channel or patreon um so yeah thank you so much for inviting me and thank you so much for for supporting you know upcoming artists in general I've, i've noticed this like i was talking about i'm i'm trying to do this myself but i'm not you know i'm not the dj and i'm not like running so many mixes but i think what you're doing is amazing because you know it's growing the community so much and so many people get to know some artists that otherwise might get missed. Um, because without DJs playing uh, tunes and sets, um, there's, I think that's the only way, the only like noticeable way in which people discover music is DJs, especially in drum and bass, right. DJs playing their music in, in their sets. And I think that's amazing. And I thank you for that because you've been a huge support for me from day one.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> I mean, it really, truly is. I, wow, it's. I'm just constantly amazed. You know, it, it's really, 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 truly a blessing uh, to be able to do it. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, for for releasing the music because it just lights a fire in me, and and just I'll, it's the reason. It, you know, it can get to be a lot with a full time job and doing multiple mixes a week and live streams and, and trying to produce and having, you know, a family and everything. Oh, my God. But, you know, and there's days where I just want to be like, I can't keep going on. But then I get a promo in with the tunes <laughs> that you guys are writing, and I'm like, well, I have to play this. Like, <laughs> it's not an option. So, um, yeah you know, it's easy. You know, we I just talked about this. It's easy to get discouraged, but then people like you, our great motivation so i have to thank you for that because i couldn't do it it's that's the the, the mutual thing here it's it's symbiotic it we all lift each other up right um yeah. which is what makes one of the things that makes drum and bass beautiful so um yeah, yeah everyone knows where to find me to patreon.com slash dnb if you're a patron and you can pick the next guest i'll put up the poll for the next guest on the podcast, I have to thank my patrons for picking Resilient <laughs> because thank I was I, every month i uh, i get <laughs> I get a vote
1: <laughs> and nothing against my
0: other my other <laughs> guests, but I voted for you every month.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, it's uh, a huge shout out to all the Alpha Tribe and uh, your patrons and people on your channel. Like I constantly, I'm overwhelmed of the support that I get whenever I, you know, guest guest mixing, or you know, whenever they they listen to one of my tunes, it's it's so amazing to to see to to actually have. I feel like I've met these people, you know. Mm. Like this is this is weird, but it's you exchange a few sentences with someone and you you kind of you get the feeling that you know them mm-hmm. uh, for so long and that's the feeling i get you know when when i get uh uh, to do a guest mix on uh on your channel is like the like the usual suspects uh they know who they are and they they just you know they make sure that you feel I, i don't think you can feel more welcome anywhere else it's it's honestly so nice so such a nice atmosphere
0: Yeah, they're, like, nicer to you than they are to me. Like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) They see me every week, so they get sick of me, and they're like, oh, thank God it's not him anymore. So I don't think it's that it's you. I think it's that it's someone else. They're just like, thank God. Oh, my God. We got so sick of that. All he does is talk over the songs.
1: And then Resilion comes in and he talks over the songs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I I think I, I mean it's a pretty constant thing in the comments. Someone has to put this would be great without the talking. Um, and I just want to. Yeah. And I usually say then check out the what we just posted mix three hundred and fifty seven. It's like check out the under other three hundred fifty seven mixes and. Yeah. Um, exactly. So. Yeah, no, it's it's a blessing to, to have you on the channel. And uh, I think it won't be too long before you're back on there. So everyone can yeah, look forward to that. And everyone can look forward to uh, another episode of the Alpha Rhythm and Friends podcast, probably around this time next month the end of january once we get the next guest picked out and i schedule a time and we get it recorded so again thank you for your support if you're a patron if you're not a patron also thank you for your support thank you whoever you are wherever you are we could not we would not do this without you i know i speak for for resilient as well that you guys you're it you're the reason that we keep on doing we keep on doing the things so All right. With that, we're out of here and Happy New Year. I'll see you all in 2022. Peace out. Happy
1: New Year. Peace, guys.